<laughs> What's going on, gang? Happy Sunday. It's been a lot going on in the world. It's been a lot going on in the world. It's been a lot going on in the world. It's your boy, Fenn Fuego, though. You know, we out here. We doing what we do. Like, we doing it for TV. Sunday, you see me? I'm a little silly. Don't you know what I mean? Pardon me though. That's how we we gotta we gotta let's show show a little love, lighten the mood up, feel good on a Sunday, you know what I'm saying? Like like we can just jump into craziness, but you know for what? You know what I'm saying I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to I'm telling y'all honestly what I'm about to do, I'm about to light the fuck up. Excuse my French, but I just been on like a three hour Zoom call and it was dope. Shout out to everybody that was on the call. It was amazing. But it's not the same, you know what I mean? And I don't know if that makes me crazy. But I just, you know, sometimes I like the sound of my own voice. I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. Sometimes I do like the sound of my own voice. Sometimes I just don't. But I love the way the phone, the, the, the joint played out. It was crazy because initially, you know, I made some comments that could have seemed a bit off kilter, a bit out of zone until another person joined the Zoom chat. And it was like, oh, like heaven opened up and world alarm because pretty much the comment that was made was, that no that uh, there was not enough representation in the call, which is dope. You always want to have diversity. And just like that, bang! More diversity kicked in. And and this new diverse person had the same ideas I had. I was like, oh, I didn't even have to say nothing. I was good. I was good at that point. I was like, yo, this is great. Yo, it's your boy, Phantom Fuego. P-H-A-N-T-M. T-H-U-E-G-O. We doing this like we doing it for TV. We doing this like we doing it for TV. We doing this like we doing it for TV. Mm. One for the money. Two for the show. Three to get ready. I'm a, I'm a bloat, 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 bloat. I'm a, I'm a bloat, 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 bloat. I'm a, I'm a bloat, bloat, bloat. I'm a, I'm a bloat. Got some amazing guests coming on tonight. It's gonna be a dope vibe. Let's get to it. It's your boy Phantom Fuego. We'll jump into a break. We'll be right back. It's gonna be a good show. Let's go. Happy Sunday, y'all. This is his ghetto point of view. Bringing you the news, views, reviews, and previews. With just a twist. His ghetto point of view. Let's go. Once again, shout out to Renee Fuentes for such an amazing, dope interview. Really dope vibe. Make sure y'all check out everything he's got going on. I'll definitely uh, put the links up. Sorry. Sorry about that. This is his ghetto point of view. Even the news, views, previews, and reviews. Just a twist of his ghetto point of view. Anchor FM is where we get to it. Also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Apple Podcast. You can listen to this through your Alexa. You know, you can listen in your headphones. Listen on your way home from work. You can listen while you're grinding at the gym. You can listen while you're whipping up that delicious plate of food or that delicious meal for your family. Just get a point of view. It's here for everybody. <laughs> Just get a point of view. It's here for everybody. So, uh, in other news topics, Ice Cube is catching a lot of fire for taking his contract for Black America to both parties. Because we're going to be impartial. 
on his ghetto point of view. We're not going to play that game. We're not going to play no media games. It's definitely a... bias going on. It's definitely a... skewed image being sold. It's definitely one group getting to run around and act like they are the best thing smoking while another group another group has to pretend like they don't know what's going on but they do and uh Unfortunately, the second group carries on like they don't know what's going on to the detriment of everybody who they would like to vote. I'll let you take a guess about which group is which. You can be mad about that. His ghetto point of view at gmail.com. His ghetto point of view at gmail.com. Continue to send in your questions, your comments, your critiques, your criticisms. Your likes, your dislikes, links to articles that you think I should check out, links to videos and media content that you feel is dope. If you have a product that you would like to get in front of our audience, is ghetto point of view at gmail.com. I think that anybody who's mad at Ice Cube for wanting to go across the aisle, if you will, since you know, predominantly, I'm sure for most of his life, he's associated with the more liberal a progressive, a democratic perspective. So, he's not supposed to reach across the aisle. He's not supposed to do anything that an intelligent, free-born person would do. And I've seen a similar image, similar situation happening, that happened with Kanye, where how dare you how dare you to think outside the box how dare you I'm so sorry guys how dare you try to think outside the box we have pigeonholed you into a situation how dare you not accept the pigeonhole who do you think you are who do you think you are you think you have an opportunity here you think this is for you you think this is a good time? You think you're about to win out here? You think you're about to succeed? You think you're about to win? No. You better vote and shut up. You better vote and shut up. That's an interesting dynamic. Vote to have your votes heard. Vote to have your voice heard. Yet as you vote, your voice may not count. Just something to think about. So what do you do? You feeling like your vote won't count. You feeling like You've done it all for nothing. Good question. We'll get into that and more. We come back. Take a break. Cheers. You. Hello, hello, good brother. How are you? Good, man. What's going on? Nothing much. I'm, I'm in the building with the amazing, talented, the illustrious Renee Fuentes. Good, sir. How's it going? Not bad, man. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time out. I know, I know. Through these times, um, you're still, you know, keeping busy and everything, and so I, you know, I definitely appreciate you taking a moment out of your schedule. Uh, good, sir. Um, how's everything been? First and foremost, how you? How's everybody in the fam? Everybody trying to, you know, staying healthy and uh, keep it safe. I hope. Yeah, man. I, actually, uh, I have uh, just me, two older sisters, and like my pops. So like, uh, everyone stayed pretty healthy throughout the uh, quarantine. And, uh, yeah, so as far as, like, that's concerned, uh, yeah, we have any issues with, like, anyone getting, like, super sick. 
That's what's up, man. That's what's up. That's always a blessing. Good, very good to hear, bro. How you how you been uh otherwise, man? How's everything going? Good, man. Corona, I mean, like, you know, corona's a weird time for everybody. You just gotta you just had to like adjust. It gave I feel like it gave a lot of people a lot of like downtime. It gave me a lot of downtime. Like I was working I was working like a lot uh prior to quarantine other than like, you know, like the comedy endeavor, like just like actual like jobs and stuff like that. And uh when oh, Corona oh. hit when uh, Corona hit, you, everyone got like laid off. So like you know, a lot of people didn't do shit for a couple months, <laughs> and I was one of those people. <laughs> Absolutely, but I'm sure you uh, used the time and definitely uh, put out some dope content, man. I know you never wanted to stay stay still for too long. Yeah, I mean, at first, I definitely indulged in like being lazy and like not doing shit, and uh, you know, as we got, all did. Of yeah, became all a, did. <laughs> became a little bit of, became a little bit of like a fat fuck. And uh, just watched a bunch of, like, shows and played a bunch of video games and stuff like that. Uh, it wasn't until, like, I would say the mid-July, I would say, when, like, everybody, I would I would, I would say, like, everybody, like, at least, like, I know, or it seemed like the general public were just like, all right, like, fuck it. You know, the first couple months of quarantine, like, nobody was breaking that. But around, like, mid-July or so, that's when I feel like everybody became like, all right, we can go out again. <laughs> Even if, Absolutely. like, this is... Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, I would say end of July, beginning of August, that's when I started, like, throwing shows again. Nice. Yeah. That's excellent, man. So, before um before we jump into the current and, and you know, future stuff, uh, please uh, give everybody a bit of a, a background story, if you, if you don't mind, man. Let people know how, you you know, what, what initially made you fall in love with the comedy. Like, uh, were you, was it always comedy for you when you did it? Please, if you don't mind. Ah, uh, so a uh, little origin story, uh, I guess. Uh, yes, please, please. Well, I'm from uh, I'm from like uh, Hempstead, Long Island. So uh, you know, I never went to uh, after high school, and I went to uh, college or anything like that. So I spent you know the years from like eighteen to like twenty two, twenty three, like just working, not really doing shit, not really working on anything. Like I'm sure a lot of people could relate to that. But uh, absolutely, <laughs> it wasn't until like I got a. Uh, I had, I had just gotten out like of like a long term relationship, and I just was looking for something. I wasn't like tripping about like it was like whatever, but like, I, I I I wanted something to take up my time, and I had a friend hit me up to ask if I wanted to take a comedy class, and I was just like fuck it, like you know I said yeah, and you know one thing led to another. We took it. I had a great time, and it became like me starting doing like comedy, and I enjoyed it. I was like oh I'm actually like pretty good at this. And then it turned from that into like me wanting to produce shows, so uh, that was pretty much like a condensed version of it. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing comedy for about like two years. I've been producing shows for a little bit under that. Also, I kind of like once I started doing like comedy, I, I just like jumped right into like producing shows because I kind of just saw that's how like you make. I don't know. I just, that's how you kind of like uh, bypass a lot of like, the bullshit when you just start doing your own shit. And you don't like, you know, uh, wait on other people to like give you spots or whatever. No, man, that's that's super important and that's super big. I think a lot of artists in every lane, uh, well, business people in every lane, period, can really learn from that. Like, and take take a uh, hold of their career more and be more proactive as opposed to waiting always for opportunity or a slide or something to open up. Being becoming the producer, becoming the businessman, becoming the coordinator in the event, the event uh planner the executive producer if you will and like really take taking life by the balls and just you know getting your own stuff out there i think that's super dope man yeah man i appreciate that man so like uh it it, it originally started like the first show i threw uh i guess part of the reason why i wanted to throw shows like like probably before uh where are you from oh uh, originally brooklyn but i stay uptown now all right word so uh brooklyn's is used for very diverse place like being from like long island and like it's there's a lot of misconceptions you know it's uh but, like, for the most part in, like, comedy, like, there's, like, a scene, like, a Long Island comedy scene and when I first started, uh, you know, and I started, like, partaking in the scene. I kind of just, it was just kind of very vanilla. Just really didn't see a lot of, like, people, like, people that look like me, like, doing this shit or, like, you know, like, making, I don't know, like, the shows were just kind of, like, whack. Not to, like, diss it or anything like that, but it just was. No, no, please, but, man, uh, speak, speak, speak. <laughs> So I just wanted to do something like different, like I uh, so I had this idea. I hit up a homie of mine, uh, Fritz, who uh, I went to high school with, and he was like, he was probably like one of, like the better like the better rappers that I knew like, growing up of like people who 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 went to started doing music. So I was like, hey man, do you want to do like a comedy like hip hop show one day? 
this is like when I just started doing like stand up. This is just like the idea of during the first show. He was just like, yeah, man, I'm totally down with it. And we were like, word, all right, like we'll get to work. And then we didn't speak for like six months. <laughs> like we just, like nothing happened. And then uh, we came across this like warehouse space and uh, I hit him up like out of the blue after a couple months of not like communicating about it. And I was just like, hey, man, you're still down for the show. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I found the spot. And he was like, awesome. So uh, one thing led to another. We do our first show. Like, I think it was like the day before Christmas, like two, two or three years ago, like two years ago. Um, it was like December 23rd or 24th, uh, the show was, and, uh, that was our first show ever. It was like a sold out room and like, it was, yeah, like, well, like 60, 70 people come up, pull up and that was awesome. Then we drew like a second show a couple months later and we had like 150 people come. It was like crazy. And then, That's uh, dope. cause it wasn't like a comedy show. It was like a comedy show, like hip hop show. So like, you know, it was like, uh, I don't know. It was like on some like Def Jam, like underground shit. And it was, it was just like, it was really cool. Nice, nice. It was really cool, man. Like fucking, we had a lot of like really cool acts and like, uh, yeah, that just turned into us just like working together, drawing shows over like the past like two years and stuff like that, both like independently and together and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, during these quarantine times, uh, I was drawing like, uh, like before, I'm sorry, before quarantine, I was drawing these bar shows at this spot in Amityville called JJ's. And that was, that was always like really cool. Just always trying to find different places to throw shows. And, uh, that was a really cool spot. And after quarantine hit, like all these bars were getting really like slapped on the, you're really not even just getting like slapped on the wrist, but like they're, they're pretty much getting like fucked with like fines and stuff, or, like breaking like uh, all these like quarantine laws and stuff like that. Like the SLA are really coming down hard on them. So uh, <clears throat> we uh, we didn't, I didn't want to push, you know, I didn't want to get like the spot in trouble because I love that place. So, you know, I had to stop throwing shows there. I didn't want to throw any more shows there because, you know, it's not. You know, throwing a show and having, like, fun for a night, it's not worth, like, this establishment that, like, you've been rocking with for two years, getting in mad trouble, losing their liquor license. Of course. So, you know, got to, like, bite the bullet and just stop throwing shows there. So I was like, damn, like, you know, where can we throw a show? And I just had this idea to throw a show in my backyard because I have, like, a pretty decent-sized backyard. So um, I was just like that, you know, during a show was easy, you know what I'm saying? After after doing this, like, two years, like, organizing, but I was like, yeah, I want to make this, like, doper than normal i was like what if i have a comedy homie uh named abe abe hannigan he uh he's who uh interned in some comedy club in the city so he he has some connects to like some like uh high reputable like comedians so he had like this uh he had this uh relationship established with this comedian mark norman who uh who opens for like jerry seinfeld i don't know if you're familiar with like comedy or whatever like that but he's like a really big uh comedy uh, comedian right now so uh we hit him up and i was like hey man crazy times not a lot of shows going on right now and you know everybody's just hungry to get a stage and i was like would you be down to come do a show in like hempstead (laughs) and he was just like yeah we worked out a deal you know had someone pick him up he came through me about like fucking 80 people in my backyard (laughs) yeah my dad was really cool about it like having uh having the show having a show there that's excellent yeah so uh you know, we did it. It was an awesome night. And uh, a couple weeks later, uh, it was like a week or two ago, we did it again. We do this other show with this guy named Sam Morrell, who's another like, you know, big time comedian. Uh, he was in like the Joker movie. Like he just like, he's just a really cool, uh, really reputable dude. And then uh, this upcoming Saturday, I got a show with like this comedian named Aaron Berg. And just keep, just before it gets like super cold, just keeping, uh, just banging these, uh, these backyard shows out and also like adding like, a music element to it so it's not just like a comedy show it's just a really cool ass vibe that's excellent man that's really dope that's really dope um you spoke to a couple things though that i would definitely love to touch on before i you know some follow-ups um you definitely spoke to the importance of you know maximizing your networking you know taking advantage of okay how do you flip the situation and make it the best for you how do you take this time of uncertainty and turn it into an opportunity and it sounds like you figured out a way that you know you can control the situation as much as you can and you know utilizing your resources figured out how you can still get your art there and you know changed in the times and that's that's what it's all about man evolution and evolving and you can you can you speak to how that that helps uh artists or you know just business people in general uh stay keep up with the time uh, i just you know it's as simple as adapt or die you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. like if you like if you gotta, uh, like a lot of restaurants that uh, 
you know, that, that there's a lot of restaurants that went under, but there's a lot of restaurants that are just like, all right, let's buy some fucking outside shit and like make it work. And like, you just, it just a matter, like, no matter like what, like, no matter how unfair the situation might be, like that, how unfair the situation that uh, is thrown at you, like, you just gotta like over, you just gotta adapt and just like, it doesn't matter how unfair it is because like people have, people have one with less than what you have. So you just gotta like make it work. People have one with less than you have, so you got to Yo, I, I really like that, man. That's a dope. That's a very dope mindset and a mantra to have. Um, did you always have that, like that, 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 uh, that stick-to-itiveness and that, that, that type of mindset? Or is that something you developed over definitely time? Like, develop uh, over, definitely like developed over. Definitely developed over time. I'm like, I'm, uh, I don't know mm. who you are, but like, I'm 25, and uh, I'm definitely like between. I remember just being like, I'm that, that's still very young to a lot of people, and it is very still like very young, but like. I just know like how much I've grown since like 25 from then uh, than when I was like 18. I remember being like 18, 19, just being like a shithead. <laughs> and like, uh, uh, I, yeah, you definitely got to like, uh, it's definitely something I, I grew over time with like, you know, I just use a mindset you gain from the wins and the losses and stuff. That's dope, man. Do you feel like uh, having that type of control over your career has helped you move yourself, propel yourself faster? Because I honestly would have never realized that you had only been on stages for that time frame with the with the level of control you have you know your your, com- your comfortability your your comfort level on stage your you know your the way you control the crowd and like you know you ebb and flow you got good timing like i would have i would have never guessed that oh yeah no thank you i appreciate that man and uh, i'm definitely like nowhere near like perfect at like the stand-up show i'm still working on it still have my still like yeah, still, yeah, I, still, I still man, suck sometimes shot, but thank you i appreciate that man but uh, <laughs> uh but as but yeah you know, growing up i'm sure a lot of people I, like, I grew up with probably would never have like see me doing this what i do now never would have guessed it because i was always just like a really quiet kid but i was always a really funny kid despite being like quiet like still, i was always just i knew i was always funny funny growing up that's just how like you know mm. you just uh Ah, that's just how you like. Sur- I guess in a sense, survive. Like, yeah, it's like the cruel, like adolescent years. Just like you, just if you're funny, no one like dislikes you. <laughs> no, that's dope, man. Absolutely. So, like, uh, who are some of your um influences in the in uh coming up in comedy? Like, who are some of the people that you uh looked at from the past, and like, who are some of like the current people that you really rock with? Uh, at, I, at every at different like stages of my life, it was like a different like person. But I would say growing up, I. Of course. Growing of course. up, I think like one of the like, the first uh, like comedy specials that like I remember like fucking was like super heavy was uh, John Leguizamo freak. And uh, you know who John Leguizamo was like he. Uh, oh yeah, yeah absolutely, like, uh, absolutely. He's he's a dope actor yeah, he's too, awesome. man. I don't think he gets enough credit for his Dude, range. He's amazing. Like he can go from like super funny stuff and doing stand up to like really being a serious I don't I don't really don't think John Leguizamo gets enough credit for his range as an actor man. he's he's as an entertainer period he's dope yeah, like no, him and the cameras yeah, a good no, man and like, so, uh, like we yeah, came yeah. out I, think, I honestly think I came out before I was even born but like uh I remember watching it a lot when I was like younger and uh it was just like this like coming of age story of just him just growing up as just like a young kid in like the hood like and uh it was just like super relatable like him like telling stories of his expansion it wasn't even like a stand-up it was just like a one-man show like it was just so much like more than like just a stand-up and like he just been, he's been cranking those out like his whole career uh he just i remember a couple years ago i saw him live at broadway and he did this thing called like latin history for morons and he just like it's mm. on netflix too it's really like it's a really dope watch but it's pretty much just like pretty much just stand-up where he like telling this story about like how he's trying to find like uh latin like hit latin like super uh, uh latin role models for his like son and they're like he's looking through like his son's textbook and there's nothing there and uh he pretty much just goes reads like goes like super into it and like just tells this like this whole story about like just the origins of like latin america and like just where you're from and it was like a really as a, as a spanish person it was really cool to like just learn it was a really good watch like anybody should watch it like it's dope you like you know it's like uh it's informative and it's mad funny <laughs> no i'll check that out man i love stand-up that's dope i'll definitely check but that was just get growing up as far as like i remember being like 18 19 before doing stand i started stand-up when i was like 23 so i was being like 18 19 doing like mm-hmm. delivery driving jobs and like being bored of listening to music all day so i was just getting into this podcast and i remember listening to old opie and anthony uh old opie and anthony uh reruns on like youtube 
or whatever like that. And there was the comedian Patrice O'Neill that was just hysterical. And uh, he, uh, he he died like in 2012. And I'm actually ashamed to admit it that like I didn't even. Yeah, R.I.P. to yeah, Patrice O'Neill, man. Yeah, I'm like. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I'm like, I'm like super ashamed of it. I wasn't even really even put on to him. Like, I knew who he was, but I wasn't even like put on to how great he was until like a couple years after he died. And I grew up and became like, you know, found it myself and stuff like that. Because that, those will be an ad- That salmon and honey bit. Yeah, class. man. That, oh my God. There's just so many. There's just <laughs> so many uh, stories. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, he was starting to branch out into the acting too, man. So that was unfortunate. But I'm sorry. Please yeah, no, continue. he was awesome. Like I remember seeing him in like The Office, Rest of Development, and then like just there's a couple yeah, like really shit yeah. movies he did also that were just like funny. Like he did like this like it was like it was, it was like a really bad like uh like late night comedy movie. You watch at like two in the morning on like Comedy Central. It was like Johnny. It was like Johnny mm-hmm. Knox. So I forgot what it was called, but it was like it was it was like a bad movie, but it was like you'd appreciate it. Uh. <laughs> but uh, aside from that, I currently I would say uh, my favorite my favorites are like Andrew Schultz or like Mark Norman, and uh, mm. uh, I'm a big fan of. Uh, uh, I still like I still think John Leguizamo was pretty funny, and like I love George Lopez. Like I remember watching his show mm. growing up, uh, like the George Lopez show. Like I rewatched it uh, during quarantine, like the the series. That used to be on like Nick and Knight, and I just forgot how like genuinely funny that show is. Like that show was just hysterical. Like the humor was just so dry and like just like fucked up for being on like a kids' network show. <laughs> but he definitely uh, delivers all yeah, the time. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Man. No, that's dope, man. If you could, if you could write for any show right now, which one would it be and why? Ah, uh, that's an on the air right now. Uh, yes, or 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 streaming. If it's, if it's a streaming show that you know we don't know about, put it uh, on. Yo, you ever seen like the? You ever seen the boys? No, who 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 does the that? The boys one? is like this. Uh, it's just this Amazon Prime show that's like uh, it's like it's based on okay. like, a, like a superhero uh, comic book. It's not like Marvel or DC or anything like that. But it's actually executive produced by like Seth Rogen and shit. Uh, okay. it's like, oh man, like, I don't want to give like spoilers out or anything like that, but it's pretty much about like, uh, this world where like superheroes are very commercialized and like, 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 okay. like, like Superman, like all the superheroes that are in the show are based off like real superheroes. Like there's a, there's a superhero Homelander who's like straight up based off like, uh, like Superman. And he's just like as corporate as like McDonald's is. And like, he just like, it just shows like how evil they are. And, uh, there's about like a team of like anti-heroes trying to bring them down. It's like a really dope ass show. Like it's fucking... I recommend it. Wow. Okay. Okay. The boys, but def- definitely will check that out. But definitely appreciate as that. As far as like right. comedy shows go, uh, uh, I would say like, there was this, uh, it's cheating. It went off the air a couple uh, years ago. It was a show called like Man Seeking Woman. Uh, it was like, had like Eric okay. Andre in it and stuff like that. And that was just like uh, a very funny show. Uh, Dave, I would say Dave probably. Dave is a really good show right now. I think it's hysterical that I would love to uh, write for um Very and like nice. snl because like that's just where the bag's at you know <laughs> the snl is definitely where the bag is that i guess you have to uh cut your teeth uh at the snl table for a while but i guess i guess not it's not as much these days it probably still is it probably still is right would, would you say it's, it's they kind of still have the same whole even even with the internet shows kind of giving people a little bit more of a platform you you, you feel like most Guys, if they want to take that next big jump, they still gotta c- go cut their teeth to SNL a uh, little bit. Yes and no, just because it's like, like SNL isn't what it was like, t- like twenty years ago. Hell, it wasn't even. It's not what it was ten years ago, and it's like yeah, yeah. I feel like now with like internet, uh, Instagram and like YouTube and stuff like that, you could like you can get a following like that. So you don't necessarily need them to like. Uh, you necessarily need them, but I'm sure like no one will pass up the opportunity to work for them. If it comes yeah. your way, that's very true. No, that's that's a very good point. That's a very good point. So, uh, if you could have either a streaming deal with Netflix or your own show on a primetime slot for a major network, which would you take and why? Ooh, um, I just feel like Netflix is where like the bag's at. Like, you know, or just, like, not even mm-hmm. that, but, like, uh, I'm sure, like, the network should pay you very well. But I feel like Netflix, you probably have, like, more, uh, unless it's, like, a sh- like a show that's on, like, Showtime or something like that. Like, but, like, a, 
like a show on like ABC or something, or I feel like that. Would... Yeah, like an NBC, ABC, Fox. Uh, type I mean, CBS. I mean, I'm sure that would be like great, like bread. But uh, I feel like they're, you know, you're very limited on what you can do with like those contracts. Yeah. So like, I feel like Netflix probably gives you more like creative control of what you're like working on. But also like uh, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, my like end goal, and I I don't think I I, I don't want to necessarily be like a super famous TV. Like I would rather be like uh the a very like i would rather be like a behind the scenes person like uh i like doing like stand up and being like the guy on stage and stuff like that definitely a lot but i would say like i i take a liking to like uh throwing shows and like just being the person who organizes and make things happen and uh, put people on and stuff like that so i don't think i would ever necessarily want to be the forefront of anything that's going to get like super popular and stuff like that like i wouldn't want to be the face of it I would like to be like maybe like the face behind the scenes of it, but like not like the general public face. I wouldn't want to be. Fam- I don't want necessarily to be like super famous. Okay, okay. So do you say? Would you say like a, a part of your long term plan is to ex- expand more definitely into the into the event promotions and and possibly transitioning into the the role of like a not maybe not on that level, but like the uh, the the Cat Williams, Kevin Hart's of the world, where you have like a a production entity and uh, talent that you feed through said platform and like, you know, so a, uh, almost like a, a circuit of places that they can go, you know, show their wares. Yeah, exactly. You know, manage and exactly. produce. Like, you know, I, I, I started, when I started doing the shows, I started this, like, I started throwing them under this entity called Big Chuckles Production. And uh, when I throw shows, it's never about like, you know, when I, when I, I, I promote a bunch of shows, man, you follow me. So like, it's never like, Hey man, this is the Renee Fuentes show. Like, no, this is, like, a big chocolate show, and it's promoting, like, and it's, like, it's throwing up all these, like, really awesome, like, dope uh, people that, like, you guys should be aware of because they're, like, mad talented. So it's never really, like, about, like, putting me on or anything like that. Obviously, I want to put myself on, stuff like that. But, like, it wasn't, like, the end goal of it. So I feel like my, the end goal with, like, Big Chuckles production is it's, like, a comedy network. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. That's that's excellent, man. Um, in addition to doing the live stuff, are you uh, also going to be putting out any uh new specials that we should be looking uh, nah, out for? No specials for me. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not there yet. Okay. But I'm okay. I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely going. Okay. Up. We got a bunch of shows coming up, and I'm definitely uh, working on the craft and just getting better at it and shit like that. Like there's like there's clips up there of me doing my thing, and I you know I definitely think they're awesome <laughs> clips. I think I'm a very funny guy, but uh. <laughs> Nah, man, you definitely do your do do your thing on stage, but bro, it's very funny. To yeah, watch. I appreciate that, man. But uh, yeah, I'm not putting out like any like half hour hour specials yet. <laughs> but I do got. <clears throat> oh no, maybe not not a half hour, but like like a little. I definitely think you got fifteen a fifteen solid fifteen in the bag. Oh man, no, definitely that's yeah no definitely man definitely. But I think uh, if I were to put out like clips of my stuff, it would I don't think it would, it would be like a fifteen minute like thing. I think it'd probably just be like like you know one like two minute clips at a time or something like that. Okay, okay. Do you definitely feel like uh, with the way the uh, with social media and stuff that that's a more effective marketing uh, strategy to to hit people with the with the quicker with the quicker bits? I guess even with you know companies like Quick Bites coming out, I guess we see that the transition is to. To smaller amounts of content that just are more impactful, right? So I guess I guess that kind of makes sense with uh with the, the way things. Yeah, move. that and also like uh I've always been very jealous of like musicians and stuff like that, just because like you know you go to uh you go to like you you go to your favorite artist concert and you you want to hear the song you heard a million times, you know what I'm saying? But like, comedy isn't like mm. that. You hear a joke mm. once and then like it's a great joke. All right. That's the next joke, you know. What I'm saying? Like, so it's just like I feel like mm, there's like wow, a wow. just like a not necessarily like a pressure, but like you should always be evolving and never like just rely. Like you should, yeah, you should always be expanding your arsenal of jokes as a comedian. But I definitely feel like there's like a pressure, especially with me during my own shows. Like I would go up a lot when I first started, but I would have like my same seven. So like you know, after like three or four shows. And then, like, I would have a lot of people, like, repeat people come. I always have a lot of different people, but I would always feel weird about going up with people I know who saw me before saying, like, the same jokes. And, like, I know that was that's, that's definitely, like, me being in my head. But, like, I feel like there's, like, a weird thing with that also, you know? No, I definitely see that a lot among com- um, uh, a lot amongst comedians that you guys, you know, you like to make sure that 
uh, if you're going to have a recurring type of crowd that you guys try to keep giving them fresh and spicy material, and they might get like uh, some of your some of your really amazing ones, you know, once in a blue. But like you guys really try to like uh, spice up your sets, and I think that, like you said, like you guys got to have almost way more ammunition than just the standard artist, the band who could probably come through with like a ten or twelve song set and rock for like a good forty five to sixty minutes, and you know, give a crowd a great time. But you know, you guys gotta. Even if you're gonna do like a twenty or thirty minute set, it's gotta constantly be new material. You can't go from, you know, you can't do the same material over and over and over, and like not have people start to be like, "Hey, okay, is is this all he's got? Is, is this all she's got?" You know. So I, de- I definitely can understand where that uh, tension yeah, may play into it. But you seem you seem like a competitive guy that likes that yeah, like that kind of pressure. Definitely, there's a, <laughs> if you're like a, a fan of comedy, you should check out this like it's like it's like an hour long YouTube video, and it's a uh, it's a this it's like uh it's it's Jerry Seinfeld, Louis C.K. before he got in trouble, uh, Chris Rock and Ricky Gervais. Uh, it's like the four of them literally just sitting down next to each other just talking about comedy for an hour and there's like it's like a, it's an amazing video mm-hmm. like if you're just a fan of comedy like as a, as a comedian or just any a fan of comedy it's a really good like video to see like four titans just talk about it like <clears throat> so casually and uh there's a segment mm-hmm. in that video like a five six minute segment where they talk about that very thing where like chris rock and um jerry are like going back and forth about like the, the, an ongoing argument they have about that very topic about like oh, should comedians, like, always be writing new jokes? Well, like, of course, yeah. But, like, Jerry was kind of just like, hey, when, like, when I go see you, like, I want to see the act. Like, I want to see what you've been working I want to see what you're working on. But, like, Chris Rock and Louie had, like, the approach where, like, yo, like, every year I throw away all my material and I make brand new jokes. So, like, I feel I feel like there's, like, wow. way too different, like, I, I feel like, uh, like, people have, like, very different, like, opinions about it. Like, that's like, it showed in that, like, video that, like, these two huge like successful comedians that have like way completely different uh opinions yeah different approaches yeah yeah wow wow that's dope man no that that definitely sounds like a good check out i'm i'm definitely a fan of comedy um i i really love comedy i really love stand up i feel like as an artist especially as you know somebody that be on stage a lot i feel like comedians have such a command over the crowd man i feel like like, there's always things I try to steal from comedians, you know, the way y'all could just make people laugh um, and just just make people think, have people stop. Like, you can almost hit a pin drop when a comedian is, like, really in tune with a crowd and he's really in his set. And, like, before he hits people with a punch, like, it's, it's, it's captivating, man, to see somebody really in their zone on a stage and whether, they, whether they're whether they got beats in the background or not. But I feel like rhyming and being a comedian and having that way with words and that way over the crowd have so much in common. Like, I'm always studying comedians, man. I really I really have a lot of respect for y'all craft. Like, it's, it's amazing. Um, nah, nah, I, yeah, don't don't get me gushing <laughs> about comedians, man. I, I really, like, it's, it's, it's so many, there's so many similarities in how the crafts work. And, like, you guys have to generally do it for longer periods of time and like you said with like so much different material and like you guys have to really read out crowds and like like there's really a science behind how you guys read out crowds and like I try to take a lot of that stuff into my sets because like I'm trying to like be you know talkative with the crowd and stuff and get like that crowd engagement going uh in between songs and I take a lot of that from different stand-up people like I'm not even gonna lie to you bro like I'm blatant about it too like (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's not in a uh a way where like I'll take something they said like it's more like the the way they are on stage or their rapport, their rhythms, um, because like I just feel like that that type of stage presence is really where it's at. Like I don't like yeah, I don't and, feel and, y'all are and I've seen that with uh, and sorry, I've, I've seen that with uh, like musicians also. Like I've seen like really awesome musicians at these shows, like or just comedy shows or music shows, where like uh, there's like a music act. And like he's like talking in between songs, and he's funny. Like he's funny himself, and I feel like especially during like when I do, when we do like these like uh, collab shows when it's music and comedy, that's like super. That's like a super great quality when like a, like a music person like doesn't take themselves like super serious, especially when we do like uh, like when we have like rappers and stuff like that on there. Like it's a comedy show, and like you have like this like you don't want to like 
like we have like a bunch of different like range of musicians that come on there, but you wouldn't want you don't want like you know like some like hardcore like fucking vibe from someone at like a comedy show just like hey like you know this isn't uh, necessarily there for that. <laughs> but like I remember like we had this uh, show um, a couple weeks ago with Sam Morel. We had this uh, raw rapper. His name was Nah Really. He's from Massachusetts. We like he's he's stationed out in Brooklyn right now, and he was hysterical. And that was just such a great. Uh, opening to like the comedy show like it was just a very light opening nah that's dope man speak to that though speak to the importance of putting the right set together especially when like you, the beast is live and how that's so much different than uh just putting on digital content yeah uh what do you mean by that like uh making sure that oh okay like the different type of acts that you're gonna have all all kind of have like a uh a vibe that fits. Uh, so like when you present it to an audience, it's like not so everything's not so uh, yeah. all over the place. Thank you that, you know, it can kind of throw off of. Yes. Crowd. And I've definitely uh, learned from experience in this aspect because I said I've been drawing shows for the past two years. And I've, I honestly, I would say probably has drawn in the past two years, probably drawn maybe like, I don't even want to exaggerate, but I think maybe we're between like 50 to 75 shows in the past like two years. And like some were, some of them are like, we're big. Some of them are like small, whatever like that. But I've definitely like incorporated a bunch of shows where I incorporated music and comedy. And I fucked with like the way I would set it up. Like I, w- I would say like, Hey, maybe if I throw like uh, two musicians and I do like two comedians or I'll do, and I'll throw another musician and then I'll throw another comedian. Or then I'll do like shows where I'll do like, all right, like first half comedians, first half musicians, and then another show where it's vice versa. So I'll, like I would play around with like the order and see like what works. And I would say, like, the, I would I, I would say, like, you can definitely mix them, but, like, uh, one has to be more predominant than the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it has, if it's, like, a music, if it's, like, a, a comedy show, then, like, they should really be, like, only, like, one or two music acts. But, like, if there's, like, uh, if it's, like, uh, I feel like when I was doing the, the music acts, like, it would, some people, like, with music, you can kind of, like, you can get, you can be into it, but also, like, still talk to, like, the person next to you. So uh, with comedy, you gotta really be like paying attention. It's ideal that the crowd's paying attention. So uh, if you're like doing like a music act and everyone's like talking, and then you're gonna switch it up on the crowd to like make them like pay attention to some guy just like telling jokes, and it's like it's very hard for like the crowd and like it's, very, it's a very hard like uh, situ uh, was it transition. Definitely, definitely those shifts. Uh, being a master of ceremonies to that degree is so dope, man. Like, uh, and I know you just, uh, you say, you're, you know, you're only burgeoning in those skills, but I'm, I'm, you're being modest, man. You definitely have a, a, a good grasp on what you're doing. And, uh, you know, it's just beginning. Um, where can everybody find you, man? Please let everybody know. Oh, and and on, uh, on Instagram, it's uh, Fuentes Renee underscore F-U-E-N-T-E-S-R-E-N-E underscore and you can also follow uh, Big Chuckles Productions on Instagram. And you can follow that, and I'll give you all the up-to-dates on uh, shows and stuff coming up with uh, that. I don't try, try not to fucking bury people to death with that on uh, my personal account. Very nice. One last question before I let you go, King, if you don't mind. Um, just speak to how important the, uh, the I guess, the, the, for lack of a better word, the medicine or the, the healing power of comedy and how that can, especially in times like this when everything is so crazy, really help uplift people and get people out of uh, out of a bad day, out of a bad week, out of a bad moment, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of almost inspire change in people's lives. Uh, you know, comedy is kind of like that, that magic medicine almost. You know, expand on that uh, if you will. Well, I, I, I feel like the secret to life is not to take, itself, not to take yourself so seriously. And uh, to uh, mm. just... Laugh. I just I, I feel like a life of no laughter is just like a really shitty life. Like if you went a day without laughing, then like it's a shitty day. Like you know, like you should always be. Uh, like I, I'm always uh, I'm always cracking jokes to anybody, especially like my favorite thing, whether on stage or like just in like person or stuff like that. With like interacting with people, just making someone laugh that's had like a shitty day. So like, I think uh, you. you I, I, I think sharing a good laugh with someone, uh, you, you can never underestimate how far that goes. Very well said. 
Yo, Renee Fuentes, thank you so much for taking the time out, man. I super appreciate it. I hope this is only the first of many. Um, I see, you know, very great things in your future, good sir. Not just on the personal side of your comedy, but it sounds like, you know, you're very locked in with a plan of expansion and, uh, you know, capitalizing on uh, the scene and how it's transitioning and adding technology to that. And I think that's very dope. And that that mixture is uh, is a definitely a winning formula. And I, I think the sky's the limit for you, good bro. And I look forward to just watching. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. If you ever want to pop out to the show, man, let me know. I definitely got you. Oh, I super appreciate that. It was definitely a pleasure, good sir. Thank you so much for taking a moment out. I really right, no problem, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are back. We are back. This is Phantom Fuego. This is his ghetto point of view, bringing you the news, views, previews, and reviews with just a twist of his ghetto point of view. In NBA news, a lot's been going on, guys. In NBA news, a lot's been going on. Once again, shout out to the Lakers for uh, getting the job done. But uh, in uh, offseason, uh, news and uh, new transactions, things of that nature. Daryl Morey is out as the Rockets GM. Daryl Morey, uh, who brought in this amazing system built it around James Harden, is now out as the GM of the Rockets. Definitely wish him well. I'm sure he'll land on his feet. But uh, that leaves a lot of questions for the Rockets now. Is it time to break up the, the Harden-Westbrook combination? Did they give up on the Chris Paul-Harden combination too prematurely? Some people say the owners of the team wanted Chris Paul out. Some people say Harden wanted Chris Paul out. Um, Is Harden the right guy to have kept? Should they have kept Chris Paul? Is Harden, If they get rid of Harden, can they build around Russell Westbrook and another superstar? We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think Harden... Is an amazing player. I don't see why he hasn't been able to go further in his career. Um, I think his game is the prototypical shooting guard game for this league. The step backs, the drop steps, the side steps, shooting daggers from way beyond and having an insane layup package and owning the free throw line. I think those things keep defenders honest and I think they keep him from uh, being able to... Um, be defended to be honest I, I was trying to come up with some, some fancy way to say it but I, I just think he's unguardable I don't think you can defend him I don't think you can stop him I don't think you can get in front of him and uh, I think you know you just gotta try to contain him but uh, we'll see what happens with that so so you know good luck to Jaro Mori thanks for all his years of service as the Rockets GM and uh, wherever whatever happens with Harden uh, whether it be a sign and trade as a part of some type of draft day package or uh, they wait till middle of the season to ship him out. I hope he lands in a good spot. I hope he lands in a championship contending spot. And I hope uh, whatever team trades for him, you know, they put him in a position to succeed and vice versa. I hope he's uh, about to go to NBA purgatory and just be, in some, be on some garbage team. That really sucks. Maybe... Maybe do a signing trade with Miami. Put him with uh, Jimmy Butler. Oh, they willing to give up Tyler Hero though, because that's that's what it's gonna cost. Definitely gonna cost Tyler Hero. Maybe Bam and a pick or two. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely gonna cost a lot. We'll see what happens. Uh, in LA LA Clipper news: Lou Williams denies bad chemistry, ruined the Clippers team run. So uh, we all know that's nonsense. We do know we we there's clearly even reports of a lot of infighting going on, especially with the load management and uh, game maintenance that Kawhi was undertaking. It's so heavy a load. Um, I don't know if they needed Kawhi and Paul George. I think with Paul George, they would have been fine. But I think Kawhi and Paul George. And the drama that Kawhi brings 
and the drama Paul George brings. And, you know, there's some, you know, if you just Google Paul George and Doc Rivers' daughter, interesting things come up. If you Google Paul George, Doc Rivers' daughter, interesting things come up. There's reportedly a a relationship between the two of them back in the day. And now Doc Rivers' daughter is actually uh, in a very serious relationship with Seth Curry, brother of Steph Curry if they're not already married. So uh, kudos and congrats to them if they did already officially tie the knot or are on the way to congrats. Um, and, uh, you know, I wish you guys a lifelong happiness. Um, but, uh, yeah, Paul George, you know, it's kind of messy. Low messy. And um, I think this stuff between Paul George and Doc Rivers and Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell and... Unfortunately, the claw, Kawhi, I think that stuff might have been too much for a team that was so about so much about team and working together and camaraderie. I don't know if they needed to make these big splashy moves. I think that they tried to get too good too fast instead of keeping Doc, keeping Tobias Harris. Possibly bringing in another smaller piece or two that would have helped them get over the hump. I don't know if they would have won a championship, but I could have definitely seen them winning the West with Tobias Harris being the main scoring option around a Lou Williams, a Montrezl Harrell, Patrick Beverly, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Say Shea Gilgis Alexander. I mean, maybe bring Chris Paul back. Why not? Keep keep Shea Gilgis, bring Chris Paul back. I don't know if they needed to make these really, really big, splashy moves, you know? I think they just was one piece away, and I don't think it needed to be a big piece. I think maybe get a big man, bring in a, bring in a Hassan Whiteside. Oh, if you're going to trade Shea, trade him for a young big man. Because that was really the thing that was holding them back. I know everybody's into this small ball system now, but they've been dominated by teams with bigs this entire time. So bring back a classic big, not somebody that has to play the whole game, but somebody you can run 10, 15 plays through each half and, you know, open up the court for your wing players, open up the court for your three-point snipers. Don't just have everybody clogging the lanes on Kawhi and Paul George. Just doesn't make any sense to me, but um, I'm not the coach. I'm not the coach. Just a observer and his ghetto point of view. Other NBA news, Gary Payton says he is ready to help and coach in the as a coach in the NBA. I definitely think Gary Payton, Patrick Ewan, Jerry Stackhouse, Sam Cassell. I think there's a list, a long list of NBA vets that do not get their just due and just opportunities to coach. And I think that's very unfortunate. Especially point guards. Point guards they're already floor generals they're already playing the game as a leader and they're having to learn everybody's plays and everybody else's the the positions everybody the roles everybody else takes in each particular play and particular coaches systems and particular systems of play I think that they are sometimes the best players to get into that next role I think any player can transition into that role Point guards are more likely to because they feel a need to learn other people's positions on the court for each play. Uh, but players who take the time to learn the playbooks to that degree and where each other player plays in each system can also transition to that. But uh, point guards, by the very nature of the position they play, end up learning those things on the job a lot. So, you know, they're given an inherent advantage. Also, Ty Lu, congratulations for getting the new Clippers head coaching job. As everybody knows, Doc Rivers is out and uh, just signed a five-year deal with the 76ers. And I think that the 76ers and Doc Rivers is a match made in heaven. And they about to make some noise. They about to make some noise, noise. That's going to be a special, that's going to be a special team. And now they got a special coach. And uh, also, there was a poll done by Bleacher Report. So that's to BleacherReport.com. Uh, but Zion, Luca, or any other player under 23, who is the best 
to build around. Um, me personally, this might sound crazy. Is he still under 23? Because I got a way different answer than a lot of people might have. Um, about to see right now. Is he still under 23? If he is, this is who I'm picking. I think he is. I think he is. He is 22. We just made the cut. I would pick Michael Porter Jr. You're crazy. You sound crazy. Why would you pick that injury-prone guy to start your team around? Why wouldn't you pick Luka Doncic? Why wouldn't you pick Zion Williamson? Why wouldn't you pick Trey Young? Uh, uh, uh. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be better than all of them. What? I said it. He's going to be like 6'11". He might might stretch out to 7 feet when it's all done. He might still have a little more growing. The dude is, he's going to fill out. He's going to, he's already got the most polished offensive package you can have. Pull up, shoot, shoot, shoot. Excuse me, this man can shoot, shoot, shoot it from any distance. Left-handed, right-handed. Layup package, crazy. Can get to the basket. Is very serious about his health and wellness. Eats right, exercises a lot, um, does a lot of different, you know, puts himself on extreme diets and stuff to try to get back the the issues with his back, get the issues with his back right. Um, so, yeah, I I can't say nothing nothing but good things about the gentleman. He's really, really, really working hard. He really takes his diet seriously. He takes his exercising seriously. He takes being a professional seriously. And he talks the talk. And, you know, he wants the spotlight. He wants the ball in his hands. He doesn't care if he's on a team full of veterans. He feels he's that guy. And I love that. You know, I feel that that would have worked great in New York. I feel him and R.J. Barrett could have been an insane duo. Him and R.J. Barrett could have been an insane duo. But I digress. Um, yeah, I feel I feel that Michael Porter Jr. is gonna be that guy. Close second, I do have R.J. Barrett. Is he still under? If he is, those are my guys. You guys can take Luka Doncic. Listen, Luka's gonna be a bad problem for a long time. But uh, I think R.J. may win a lot of rings when it's all said and done. I think he just has the frame, the size, the skills. The offensive game. Um, yeah, he's only 20. Yeah, I would take. I would take. I would take RJ. RJ Barrett has been in the league for two years now. He's only 20. I would definitely take RJ. He's gonna. Oh man, he's got a lot of time left. People forget this kid won a gold medal at the under 18 games of FIBA. RJ Barrett, I'm talking about. Uh, some of his accolades and career highlights. He was this All-American in 19. Jerry West Award winner in 2019. McDonald's All-American. Jordan Brand Classic player. Gatorade National Player of the Year in 2018. He was Mr. Basketball for all of USA. And the Naismith Player of the Year. And won the Wooden Player of the Year in 2018. Which is a very... So he won the Gatorade Player of the Year. Mr. Basketball, Naismith, Wooden Award, all in 20. That's a very, it's very serious. And was a McDonald's All-American, Jordan Brand. Wow. Yeah, this kid, he's, he's destined for greatness. Um, he's already been great. I think that he'll win a lot of rings. And uh, yeah, if I had, if I was picking under 20 guys, RJ is definitely one of the guys I want to have. Without question. He is definitely the guy I want to have. Um, that's all I can say about that. There are some reports that the Knicks may be willing to move him to get up in the to get higher. Uh, unfortunately, to get a uh, higher draft pick. Um, or there's also been some allegations that they may move him to get Russell Westbrook. 
possible. If if they if the Knicks can get Russell Westbrook, I say bring him in here. Why not? I mean, come on, Knicks. What else? What else you got going? Right? Bring Russell Westbrook to the to the garden. Let him go crazy. Why not? Why not? But um, won't win many games. But you know, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. So uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about NBA news. This is his ghetto point of view, bringing you the news, views, previews, and reviews. Just a twist of his ghetto point of view. Uh, so an amazing film this week in uh, film reviews, Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, starring Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, amazing film, guys. Uh, amazing film. Learned about the story, about the Chicago 7. Uh, initially, the Chicago 8, uh, Bobby Seale was with them, and uh, he kind of just got caught up in it. Um, uh, they were tried for inciting a huge riot in Chicago um but it, you know eventually they were acquitted on appeals uh but the whole trial was just you know it was a it was definitely a political trial as it were it was definitely a trial where they were trying to railroad these gentlemen just for trying to stand up for the rights of citizens and uh fight back you know against against you know tyrannical uh regime like sometimes government especially back then in the 60s it was you know <clears throat> it was brutal um definitely some really rough to watch scenes uh throughout the film a lot of you know a lot of a lot of intense uh, confrontations with the police um but you know that's that's definitely how revolution looks sometimes as we've seen in our history books it's an amazing amazing film i give it 10 out of 10 matches absolute flamethrower uh, great cast, great, sh- great shots, written really well. All the actors are giving amazing performances. You can't tell they're the actors. You see them just melted into their character roles that they're playing, even with such an illustrious cast. Really, really well done. Really, really great editing, great shooting, great lines, great acting, amazing direction, amazing storyboards, you know, uh, the settings, the story plot everything was was amazing that's an absolute flamethrower of a film 10 out of 10 matches make sure you go see the chicago 7 also the chicago 8 uh and just enjoy it man it's uh based on a very true story it's a great great film to watch and uh yeah i mean you know at times like these films like that can be very uh, speak very truth, you know, speaking truth to power and, you know, speaking at a time like this is a very, 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 you know, it's a timely piece. I highly recommend it. I can't say enough think, good things about it on Netflix right now to Chicago 7. Go check it out. And other news. Madagascar. Herbal supplement. Herbal treatment for COVID-19, uh, also known as the coronavirus, known as COVID organics, is uh, in phase three testing uh, with the World World Health Organization and CDC Africa, and they are moving to open up a factory in Madagascar to mass produce their herbal sup, their herbal treatment, which is said to, which is looked like a very promising treatment for uh aiding people who are going through coronavirus or as a possible uh conti- on a continuous basis as a constant boosting up to the system and or a virus blocker fighter um the signs have been very positive trials have went very well um and you know I'm I'm very interested in seeing how this you know possibly all natural herbal um alternative to some of the uh more traditional medicines that are being uh, manufactured at this time as well uh how this could really help and play into everything that's going on we've seen so many different trials being postponed because of different possible ailments and, and association with uh, some of the trials, um, some of the me- some of the medic medicines being manufactured at the trials allegedly maybe giving people a few complications. So you know if there's some type of organic or all natural 
uh, just herbal based or plant based uh, different options for people, different treatments out there that people could possibly also um, use. And, and if it's, it has the same level of effectiveness and efficacy, I think it's definitely something to be considered without question. Uh, so we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on Madagascar. Keep an eye on the COVID organics, herbal treatment, and uh, how that regimen would look if they uh, get to export that to other countries, especially the Western world. Would the Western world be even willing to take the help from Madagascar um, with the hotly, highly contested relationship Madagascar has with much of the western world that's definitely something to look at i would hope though that uh if madagascar does have the means to help that they would be allowed to help because i mean come on this that that's what it's all about at the end of the day this is his ghetto point of view bringing you the news views previews and reviews with just a twist of his ghetto point of view we'll be back <laughs> yeah, you guys are the greatest audience in the world. Shouts to Renee Fuentes once again. Make sure you check out everything he's doing all across social media. Check out his shows that he's having. Uh, it's gonna be a dope vibe until they shut us all down. Get to it and get it. Get the laughs in. Um, him and his team, they produce amazing, amazing comedy nights and dope vibe with the music as well. So it's a good time. It's your host, Phantom Fuego. You guys, you know. What can I say? I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I have the greatest audience in the world. And uh, you guys make this all worthwhile. Please continue to like, share, and subscribe to the show. Tell a friend to tell a friend. His ghetto point of view is out here Wednesdays and Sundays. Wednesdays and Sundays. Wednesdays and Sundays. Thank you guys so much. See you guys on Wednesday. Getting out of here. Have a great night. Cheers.